I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. We've been saying for what, three weeks? Something, maybe more, maybe <laughs> yeah, more. That we were going to answer some questions. I don't think we've done that yet. No, and we need to. So we've kind of racked them up. We're going to do that today. You know, we don't know what they are, but we're excited. And yeah. it's been a minute. Maybe we've learned things in life that we can, you know, share our wisdom more than we could have, us, you know, one summer ago. Sure. I mean, speak for yourself. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> I haven't learned a thing. Okay. Okay, everybody, we're going to launch in. I think we have some some call-ins, maybe some some people that wrote in. Yeah, let's see what we have. Hi, it's Christy. Just had a couple of quick questions. So from a script perspective, what is the next evolution for the characters? What would you like to see your characters evolve into or stretch into in terms of the character and where the character goes for this upcoming season. I'd also like to know for podcasts, have you guys ever considered doing like a traveling podcast where you could go to like different areas and meet and greet people and hold like a live podcast? Just curious. Thanks. Great questions. Great questions. Well, the live, we did try to do a live podcast once in Nashville and you and I really didn't know what we were doing or what to expect. We had a great time, but I don't think we did like a live podcast. Like, I, well, I don't we had know. Two, we had two yeah. issues going on. We, one was that we had a great time, but it's one thing doing an appearance and it's another thing doing a podcast. And I, I'm, I'm of the belief that the reason this works and the reason why it feels fresh and connected is because I'm with you. And I think the moment we put ourselves in front of an audience, we lose that intimacy and and until we figure out a way to maintain that intimacy and authenticity and spontaneity with an audience, we're probably going to take a backseat to that. And the second problem was we did that right when fucking the Delta variant was taking hold. And we just realized for our safety and for everyone's safety who was attending, it was best to 
cancel any upcoming shows that we actually were planning to do to try this out because it was getting crazy again. It was last summer. You know when like old hair bands would play and the drummer would be behind like a shield of, of like plastic, you know, for sound? It's like almost like we'd have to be in a little sound booth on stage to keep <laughs> to keep you and I like focused on one another because I get very dis- the production design already is exhausting well I feel I feel distracted or ex- more di- excited by people that are you know I like and I like the give and take of an audience so I got a little carried away with like opening up the floor to the you know questions and it, it became more about audience participation than just you and I talking and I think we would just have to figure that out. I mean, I, I'm not closing the door on the idea. I just think we never figured it out. Exactly. Until we really hone in on what that is. Yeah. And then what about what about the, the, the script, the writing, what you want for Shane? What I want doesn't mean it would happen. Right. I say that with all honesty. I say that without any snark. I mean that. What I would want doesn't mean it would fall in line with other with the production's ideas do you know what i mean and that's just a fact everybody knows that look honestly we don't know how long the show is going to be on for <laughs> we don't know we're not we're never i be- was just gonna say that i think what hard for me well every season every season we go we go in and we're like is it the last one i mean we don't know i almost look at eat I kind of ask that, like, okay, well, where am I going to end up? Because you don't know if... Like, how last- finite is is the finale this year? I don't know. Well, you haven't even gotten that far. We've only read a couple scripts. But the truth is, we find out months and months and months later, TV's weird now. There's no guarantee that you're going to go on for years and years and years, even in cable, where there used to be a safe place. So... What I'd like, whether it's this season or it's next season or whenever, I've always encouraged visiting ghosts from the past. And I don't mean that literally. I mean that in terms of the th- the bits that we saw from her past that clearly hung up this character and caused her shame and caused her to be who she is, to find peace in that and resolve in that, that would make this character feel like it came full circle for me. That's why I'm always pitching Carmen. Where is she? Not because she's, a, not because, yeah, Sarah's amazing. Yeah, I know everyone loves her. Don't disagree on any level. However, she also signifies something very important. And it's just sort of this empty hole, right? That everyone's always trying to avoid. Or her family, like, where's her mom? Where's her brother? Where's her dad? Like, what happened? Like, where is all that? Like, where are those things we saw? I wouldn't mind exploring that because floating around and just sleeping with a bunch of people every season or trying not to sleep with a bunch of people every season, it needs some sort of context for that. And otherwise, it's just there to exist for no reason. I feel like I want, no matter when it ends, to just leave people not worrying about our characters like to to know we're in a pretty good place you know I, I kind of want like even in cliffhangers you want to still be like well okay well, at least at least they're okay <laughs> like I don't know because you know shows I've loved the ends there's you know usually you have warning and you know it's the final season and I and I 
you know, just kind of conclude that like they must have known going into it that they know it's the end. And I just, I know, and now it's not. So you're, so it's like, ugh, like every season you just go. Back in the day, if you were even a moderately successful series on cable, it was an unspoken rule that you were pretty safe for five years. You'd at least have five seasons because the back then that was the that was the magic number, five seasons. And you had to give something a chance. And there weren't that many television shows, not like there are now. No, there's streaming. This is way before streaming. And now you're lucky if you get three. And now people look at three as the as the as the as the lucky number. So I agree with you. I I, I want them to be okay. I think about all the shows that I watch that I really loved and there was that element of being okay. Even in The Sopranos, I know that was a big problem. Oh, I hate it. And others were like, oh, I thought it was brilliant. It was actually brilliant because how are you going to end The Sopranos? Yeah, you can't. You can't. And to just cut to black, it was choose your own adventure. Yeah, but then Six Feet Under took you through their entire Greatest finale in television history. You know, and I don't think we're given that opportunity anymore. At least it doesn't feel like we are. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll know. And I, you know, I, we both want the show to keep going on and on, but. I mean, to a, to a point. To, to it, yeah, to, to a, a point. point. But I mean, yeah, it would be great to get to that sort of final point, even in our hearts. Like we're like, okay, it's yeah. time. Like it feels like time. And we're, you know, in these places now where we can say goodbye. Like in the the finale of Breaking Bad, the final shot, the the final shot is Walter White and he's dying, but he has a smile on his face. It's like he's dying. He's feeling oddly fulfilled, even though he ruined so many lives, including his own essentially. But there's peace in that. So, but again, that was back then when you knew it was the last one. So make it count. I was just talking to someone who said, did you read last week all the, the like, slashing of television shows that got canceled. And I was like, no. On what channels? Everything. Like just so many shows were like canceled. Good ones? Ones that were really Probably. popular? She seemed, she seemed bummed. I, was, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing's safe anymore, which is crazy considering streaming is this infinite platform where there is no Beginning, middle, or end. It's yeah, like, it's just this go. Yeah. It's like it's like a road in Australia in the outback. Uh-huh. It just goes and goes and goes and goes. There's no ending in sight, you know. And and so you'd think that it would everyone would be safe for the most part. Well, you just have to make room for new things, you know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well. Anyway, I appreciate that question. We haven't been asked that. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra brands? And you're like, I like this about it, but not this, or they're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Kate and Lisa. This is Cassidy calling from Boston, Massachusetts. I am I am a high school teacher. And so that means that I basically live at my job for about 10 months out of the year. That also means that I have a really, really insane clutter problem. And every time I listen to you guys and you talk about your renovation project, your home project, et cetera, et cetera, all I can think about is how do you solve the clutter problem? Do you believe that there's a solution to the clutter problem? How do you become somebody that has nice decorative shelves? I just feel like I have things that I need to have around me all the time, around me all the time, and I just want to make my space look nice. Please help me. I know you'll have at least things to say or things to yell at me about to make this happen for me. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye-bye. A high school teacher. Mad respect. That's a hard job. Well, I'm I'm feeling like chaos is almost comforting to her because I can't imagine. I feel like a high school teacher is like with all that teenage energy around you all the time feels almost like clutter at home. Where you're I like, want to know more what it's I want to know more about her job. What's it like to be a high school teacher? Teenagers are tough. Yeah, but that's what I mean. She's able to handle that sort of energy. like. She works 10 months out of the year. You only have two months off? Back in my day, we had three. No, it just felt like three. Well, I would, we would finish like mid-June, like June 17th. And we'd have to July 17th to August 17th. And it felt like you, you do the math. It kind of... I mean, looking at both of us, we should have stayed in the other, you know, an extra month. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what not going to college will do for you. Anyway, to answer the clutter question... I love getting rid of clutter. It's, I, clutter's it's, my least favorite thing. Me too. I, I, but we have to get in the mind of her. She's like, right. she's like, I feel like I need things around me at all times. How can I not? I think she's asking, like, how can she not feel that way? Well, I guess the question is, what are those things? Are they family trinkets that mean something? Or is it paperwork that it's not organized and you're just used to seeing it? Books you haven't read and don't Good have meaning. Good question. Like find the source. Is it something sentimental or is it something that you feel like you need? And in that case, let's just say she says it's both. Well, you're splitting hairs then. I don't think things you need and sentimental things are the no, same. No, but that's how you organize. Number one, no, but that's how you organize. And I don't say do all of your your whole house at once. Your your head will pop off. Just go Go to one room at a time. Say, today I'm going to do the office. Go through the office. What's, what do I need? What's, what's, what's mandatory that I need? Whether it's, you know, your checkbook and your bills and all of your, like a filing thing, a filing system, get a filing system and sentimental things like photographs, family things, what have you. And then crap, because we all have it. Make those piles and get rid of the crap. And you're going to be amazed about the space you find. I feel like, I mean, I don't need to sound woo-woo right now, but if you go, because I do this. If there's like a an office section, because I kind of put them in different places, but like 
if I walk into the room and I immediately want to walk out of it, because I'm like, ugh, like I do that with my desk. Like I, I kind of put paperwork and I, it piles up till the day I feel like dealing with it. If you're feeling that way in a room, that's probably the place you want to start, right? So I would take that feeling and try to flip it on its head. Like, how can I stay in this room and, and actually want to be in it and have it function for me? Get rid of the clutter. Right. But like kind of split, I'm, you know, I'm splitting hairs here, but I feel like, but then you, then you take the sentimental stuff and make that your pretty, she, she was like asking about pretty shelves, like make your shelves the stuff that you want it, that brings you really good feeling. But she's also asking how to do that because I don't know, I'm under the impression maybe her instinct isn't how to decorate an open space, which is understood. Not everyone no, has that. but clutter, she's looking at it as one big thing. It's just like a bunch of stuff and clutter. But really, if you look at each item, it's different. Right. But the way to delineate all of that is like do categories. You got to do categories. But to decorate, now, you, now you've gotten rid of all the crap you don't need. And now you have all of your, your mandatory things like your bills and whatnot. Put them away. No one needs to look at that, including you. And then you look at your sentimental things. And then and that's what you want to display because it brings you good. And feelings. maybe you're going to realize I don't need to display all of this, but I don't want to get rid of it either. OK, well, that's where you go and you buy a box. And you put it in the box. <laughs> and if you have storage, stick it in the closet, stick it in the garage, you'll and label it and know you'll maybe one day change your mind. You might want to switch things out. But in terms of how to decorate like a bookshelf, or like a coffee table, this is why I like Instagram. Forget looking at like your friend's feed. Who gives a shit? You can type in anything like interior decorator. You can type in bookshelf decor and you'll get all of these things that pop up that might inspire you. Yeah. Tricks like things in threes look really good. And then you can save the photo. Yeah. Save the photo or screenshot it and save it to your photo album and make an album that says home decor or decorating ideas. Whatever. Yeah. I think she just has to like differentiate the clutter. What makes it different? Just go to one area. And if it's your hallway, you know, when you walk into the door, that's usually chaos, right? With jackets and keys and wallets and shoes and Ugh, drives me nuts, right? Find a place to put your keys in your wallet. Delineate a space just for that. It's always going to go there. So when you're rushing out, it's always there. You can go, boom. And even when you, when you, you have to redo it. I mean, I have to redo my cluttery areas all the time. I'm like, ugh, got bad again. Moving is, like we talked about this before. We, neither one of us likes a lot of stuff. But when you move, you realize, what the hell? And you get rid of it. Hi, Alicia. I'm Kate. My name is Brooke, calling from Philadelphia. We actually, I think I was your honorary caller on the very first Q&A you guys did, and I met you guys on the virtual event. I feel like we're friends at this point, and I can't ask you this question. <laughs> We've met enough times. Do you feel like it's tacky to reference the fact that you're LGBTQ or LGBTQ plus when a political conversation comes up? I'm queer myself, and I sometimes want to use that as sort of a qualifier, but I'm not sure that it's appropriate at all times, and if people may think that I'm using it as a point of leverage. So I was just curious what you guys thought about that and if and how you do have to handle that in those types of conversational touch points. Anyway, hope everyone is doing well. Thank you so much, and keep on with the podcast. Bye. Philly, what streets do you live on? That's I know. the first what's question the, hey, you guys the say to each other. What's, the what's your corner? Yeah. It's so funny to me. 
hi, we, of course we remember you. You were like our very first. Did you vote? There's very, very important elections coming up in Philly, in Pennsylvania. Well, they're everywhere. I know, but Pennsylvania, it's... Uh, it's all scary. Uh, the governor, the Senate, it's just... It's a lot. I don't ever find myself bringing up the fact that I'm gay to start my point of view on something. I just feel like it kind of... It's just who I am, and it it, it affects me in every corner of my life, so I'm kind of like... I'm really glad to hear you say that, because I was thinking... I just, I'm just me. I don't. Right. But you're, but you're, you, your, your point of view is coming from a gay woman. Yes. But I don't, Yeah, that's not how you I don't lead with I it. I don't lead with it. Yeah. Like, I don't see that as my full identity. No. That's important. But you can't take it away from yourself. Absolutely either. not. But I believe humans, we encompass so much. Also, I just I like assume people know I'm gay. So I'm not like, right. I feel like it also comes up in conversation. Like my girlfriend, my wife. Yeah. It's, it's, are you married? Yeah, I am married. When, who, who are you? Yeah. And it's like, it comes up in that sort of conversation. Yeah. But I don't lead with it either. But I could see how someone might want to. Maybe. You know? Is it a generational thing? No, I think it's just a just how you like to get your point of view across sometimes. Like sometimes you might feel like it's important to bring up to say as, you know, a queer woman, blah, 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 blah. You know, like I could see that. Right. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I don't know. But not if you're at the grocery store and someone says, will that be cash or credit? You're like, well. <laughs> Here's my gay dollar. Here's my gray. As a, as a, as a, as a queer woman. I prefer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And again, I just think I, I, I'm assuming and maybe I shouldn't that people already know I'm gay, but I'm not also having these conversations with a lot of strangers. I think my, you know, political conversations usually for me happen in groups of friends. Mm -hmm. And I have to say they're mostly all of them are gay as well. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I haven't found myself in a political conversation as an outsider in a long time where I'm like. I'm coming, coming to this conversation with this, like. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm in full agreement. But I say however you want to start it is a great way to start it. If that's how you want to lead, lead with it. Hi, Kate and Alicia. My name is Kira. I'm calling from Chicago. I left a message a couple of minutes ago, but I wanted to re-record it because I didn't like how much I rushed myself. But um, we talked a little bit in your very first loop meet and greet. It was my birthday. I just turned 21 and Alicia told me that I should be a model. We talked a little bit about the podcast I was creating for class and that was pointless. My question for Kate and uh, just Kate, what are some of your favorite words? I've noticed in the podcast that you use a lot of, you have a very nice vocabulary, a vocabulary I very much appreciate. And that's hard to come by. A lot of people don't have very nice vocabularies. And yeah, I just really appreciate it. Alicia, feel free to respond to if the spirit moves you. I don't mind. I'd love to hear your favorite word too. I uh, love you guys and talk to you later. What a nice thing to hear. Considering I don't have a college education, I barely graduated high school. You've, you've picked up some great words along the way. You know where I got a good vocabulary from? I don't. Is my parents. My parents are two walking encyclopedias and they are wordsmiths and they've always used really interesting words. I remember when I was 10, no, maybe 12, 13, my mom referred to 
it referred to James Lipton from the actor's studio as a supercilious asshole. Wow. And I said, what does supercilious mean? Did you go look it up? Or an obsequious, obsequious asshole. Yeah, well, it's just wait. like a pain in the, like a kiss ass. Just I mean, a, I need to look them both up. So. I, I, they're certain, I don't, I, but I appreciate, uh, favorite words? Uh, unconsciously, I, I, I feel like I greet people. I say yo a lot. And I don't, what? I, no, you when don't. When I say yo, how are you? Kate, I cannot tell you how untrue that is. Oh my God, I say If you it. said yo, I'd be like, what oh, are you Oh, then maybe doing? it's with my friends from back east. But when we speak, it's like, yo, how are you? Oh, okay. And it just kind of rolls off the tongue because that's what we grew up saying. I've never heard you say yo, but this, I love that you. I don't know. The moment I hear a Philly accent in my, in, on the other line of my phone, it instantly comes out. Right. I don't know favorite words. I don't know. Favorite words. You say needs be a lot. Needs be. If if needs, needs be. be. Needs be. I had. I actually have to admit I looked it up because I was like, is it needs be or need be? No, needs be. And it's, well, it's both. Yeah. That's the English way of doing it. But there, you can, it depends how you use it because I had never heard it before. Oh, it's driving me nuts. I can't think of it. There was, there, I used to work with someone who would use this phrase, but she was always saying it incorrectly. It was, it was, it was, and it used to drive me nuts, but I never had the heart to correct her. You know who has a great vocabulary? Allie Adler, who we had on our podcast. No, she, her dad used to make her study the dictionary and they would, they would do like cue cards her whole childhood. So her, her vocabulary blows my mind on a crazy level. Like we might need to have her on just to say some words because you can't believe she knows. Them you know all. who else has a outstanding vocabulary? Eileen Chaikin. Yeah, for sure. Million dollar words that just trickle yeah. off the tongue as if it's an, an everyday conversation. Yeah. yeah, I've never gotten that compliment, and I bet I understand completely. But why. you know, you, you've, you've taught me words that I didn't know. Oh, that's nice. Anna teaches me words. Anna has a really excellent vocabulary. Well, she had to learn English. She probably I know, knows it way but she has better do. vocabulary than I do. And yeah, and this is her second language, and so she'll she'll say something. I said, I never heard that. What does that mean? And she'll use it in a phrase a few times for it to register. I can't believe it rubbed off on you. My dad was an English major and I got, I got bupkis from it. My parents, it rubbed off on me because my parents were adamant on two things growing up. One was grammar and the other one was the Philly accent. It used to drive my mother crazy. It was like nails on a chalkboard for her. Mm. And so as a kid, you get so influenced by your surroundings. And growing up in the city, the accent is a very strong, very, very strong sounding accent. And so I would come home and I would say certain things and my mom would stop me and say, no, it's pronounced this way. Right. Although when I went to, when I went to drama school, Jim Demonic, the first thing he said was, well, he you're from Philly. Right. I might have just said hello. Well, your mom could only do so much. Yeah, but my but grammar and but so with grammar oh, yeah. came. Yeah, my parents didn't want us to sound like idiots. Right, but they with grammar like, came million dollar <laughs> words my parents would use. My mom used to hate ain't. So did oh, my dad. Yeah, they my were like, mom never too. say that. Never ever say that. Nope. There was a couple of words they were just like insisting that we never use. I couldn't say P. Oh, why? Just my mom thought it was crass. Well, how do you say I have to I what? I have to pee. No, so what do you, what As did a kid? 
I don't remember what I used to say. Tinkle? No. Urinate? I don't Use the restroom? Yeah, I just be like, I have to go. Yeah, I have to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Don't say that word. It's crass. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. I'm going to try to ask this question cleanly. So this is Tara from Boston. Uh, Yes, an Irish laugh from Mass. So my question is around, I'm thinking about the Ellen DeGeneres, the Ellen sitcom back in the day, the comedy sitcom, and the Ellen DeGeneres talk show that's coming to an end this year. And I think of those two shows as trailblazers. And when I think of the L word, trailblazer, right? So I wonder what your thoughts are around why the two of you, the two shows, haven't done something together in some way, whether it's Ellen on the L word or like an L word panel on the Ellen show, the talk show. And I'm not sure why that hasn't happened. So I'm wondering your thoughts there. And maybe just me, maybe because I love the two of you and you're so hilarious and interesting to, to listen to. It'd be kind of surreal to see you on the Ellen show. I think we'd all kind of love to see that. So yeah, either way, if you, if you don't even have an answer to that, you know, just give a shout out to me here, Kara in Boston, because I love you. And you know, we all love you. And thanks so much. Kara. You know, we're, we're fans of everything Ellen's done as well. I mean, equally trivia. I just went to the fifth to last episode that she filmed a couple of weeks ago and sat in the audience. It was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Our friend, our very good friend is one of the writers on her show for years, like a million years. And she invited us. I just wanted to kind of, you know, thank Ellen and give her a hug for doing all she's done. And it was great. It was such a fun day. And I actually, there was a question that was, that was at, I didn't even tell you this, Kate. They were playing this game where you had to kind of guess what a, like a kind of tool that she had was. And I knew it. And I actually like had the quick, quick guts to raise my hand. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to answer the question. (laughs) It was a little citrus, citrus opener. Citrus opener. Yeah. Like you put, it was like a ring with that little plastic ring. And you can can cut the, they cut cut the rind. rind. I raised my hand and then she was like, she pointed up and then the guy picked the girl right behind me. Did she get it right? The girl behind you? (laughs) Yeah, she got it right. I was so mad because I like, I like shot my hand up right away. I don't know. You know, I think we haven't done anything together just because I don't, there's no reason. Good question. Also, Ellen, Ellen, the Ellen show. Thank like props to her all day long. It was a mainstream show. And our show huge. at the our show back then was considered niche because of the subject matter. Yeah, it was it was we They weren't on at the same time. Yeah, they were. Show. Oh. Oh, the talk, talk show. show. Yeah, the sitcom wasn't. I'm saying our show was considered niche. It, it, m- mainstream outlets weren't coming after us because we were considered so other. So the show was everyone's dirty little secret outside of our community. And I mean, Jennifer made the rounds on sure she made the rounds, but it's I'm just saying it like it is because we all knew it. Everyone watched it, but no one had the, the balls to to give it the credit 20 years later. Oh, well, you just, you changed, it was changed the landscape and opened the doors. And yeah, sure. But where were you 20 years ago? Thank right. you. I'm glad it's being acknowledged. Do you know, I'm in the coming out episodes of yes. Ellen's sitcom. Yeah. 
Were you an extra? <laughs> I was. Well, yeah, because Katie and I were together and she was in she played like a coffee shop singer. And I was just with her, you know, to go shoot it that night. And they're like, sit in the audience. I was like, okay. So I'm like in the coffee shop. I haven't even seen That's it. That's incredible. I mean, I probably saw it back then. But Is that an Easter egg no one knows about? I don't know. I don't know. I should like, I don't even know if you ever saw me, but I, I saw that episode. There. But this is well, years did, before right? I knew you. This is before the, years. This is before yogurt. Wait. Yeah. This is before yogurt. Sure was. Well, God, we blew through those. Those questions were interesting. I appreciate it. They really were. Thank you, Thank everybody. You. I feel bad giving really deep, deep, heartfelt advice because I'm not a uh, a therapist. No, I don't think people are turning to us to change their okay, lives. Good. They're just like, hey, what do you think about good. this? Yeah, don't worry okay, about good. it. Well, sometimes I feel guilty. I think maybe was that the right thing to say? What do I know? You, you, you feel that we've talked yeah, about it. Yeah, but I think, feel like these are light. Like it was about clutter. Like we, we have an opinion Talk all about day clutter. about clutter. We can answer that. Yeah. So we're good. All day. We're good. Maybe I'll remember a favorite word and for whatever reason I blanked. Maybe you'll remember. You know, Leisha, you're really good. Maybe vocabulary. You're like, oh, I don't know vocabulary, but you've always. Uh, well, I know. Voc- well, no, but like your, 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 your thing has always been phrases. You're really good at sayings. Oh, thanks. As an example, you're the one who taught me that phrase, phrases, I guess, Monday morning quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of those. You're always have been, you've always been on the money with your million dollar phrases that are incredibly descriptive and you understand exactly what they mean. Oh, I never thought of that. Monday morning quarterback. I appreciate it. That's what I've always noticed about you was the phrasing. Thanks. You're sweet to throw me a compliment at the end. Well, you know, I want to end on a high. I know. Well, this this is this is pants, everybody, in a nutshell. <laughs> in case they in case they didn't know. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at the Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox. <laughs> <laughs>